Welcome to episode 182 of the Martin Bailey Photography Podcast. Today we're going to continue our multi-episode look at the results of the 2009 Hokkaido Photography Tour, affectionately known as the Winter Wonderland Workshop. As a recap, I led a tour around central and eastern Hokkaido, the north uh, island of Japan, from February 16th to the 24th, 2009. If you're new to the show but would like to catch up before we move on, go back and listen to episodes 178 and 179 first, um, as they kind of precede this podcast. We pick up the trail on the morning of the 19th of February, which is the fourth day, having made our way over to a small fishing town called Daos on the eastern side of the Shiretoko Peninsula, which is a UNESCO registered natural heritage site and a national park. So let's just jump right back into it on that fourth day. As I said at the end of the last episode in this series, after the dawn shoot on the third morning at the Bihoro Pass, we took a steady drive over to the Shiretoko Peninsula. And this is the horn-shaped peninsula that you can see jutting out, heading slightly upwards from the eastern side of the island of Hokkaido. The eastern tip of the peninsula is the most eastern point in all of the Japanese islands. The area is rich with wildlife due to the plankton which feeds on the nutrients that uh, is carried down by the ice flows from the Sea of Ohotsuku on the Russian coast. On the other side of the peninsula is the town of Utoro where we'll be heading later in the day and they often have ice flow coming right up to the shore and sometimes um, you know, leaves large chunks of ice washed up on the beach. On the Daosu side, the ice flow is less pervasive. I've been to Daosu when, uh, when the ice was in so far as it almost filled the harbour, but generally that doesn't happen for very long spells. Even at Utoro, you can have ice up on the beach on one day and then none in sight the next. It, it comes in and goes out very quickly. The eagles that we were here to photograph need the ice flow to perch on to feed. They make the eastern side of the peninsula their home because it's warmer this side as the cold air from, the, from Siberia buffets the western uh, Utoro side and takes away a lot of its uh, strength. So, you know, by the time it gets over to this side, it's, it's not as cold. Um, also, though, you know, this port, um, because it doesn't get frozen solid for very long, the fishermen are active much more than the other side of the peninsula and that means rich picking for the eagles. On the day that we planned to go out to photograph them, the fishermen were all having a day off, which means that the fish, um, the only fish for, that were going to be coming the eagles way from humans was going to be from us. This was going to work in our favour. Last year, the ice had been so far up the coast that it was, and you know, there was bad weather, um, and this meant that the eagles would not be able to see us up near the ice and therefore wouldn't fly out to get some fish from us. As the organiser of the, um, the tour, having driven up the coast with the skipper of the, of the boat that we were planning to go out on, um, while the other participants were shooting back in town, uh, it was a pretty painful but necessary decision not to put out last year. There was just no point. This year though, uh, based on weather conditions, the skipper had devised a plan 
to take us to the ice flow that uh, they knew had rounded the tip of the peninsula and if we were to leave a little bit later than planned it would be clear so the eagles uh, would be able to see us and you know because we we were you know we were going to be going out there pretty fast um you know the, the plan was to just you know really put the foot down on the boat and cover some distance pretty quickly get out to the ice flow um and then spend a, a few hours out there um so basically what we did was we teamed up with a second boat for safety basically you know if we were to hit hit some some ice that we that we you know the skipper wasn't aware of and get into trouble it would be better if we'd got another boat with us so we headed out there and we set out a lot later normally we try to leave like 5:30 and we're on the we're on the sea by the time the uh, the sun starts to rise um but at the, on this day we um because of the conditions and everything we decided to put out at 8:30 a.m. The conditions were excellent. The light was pretty much constant, though sometimes uh, I had to ask the skipper to come around so that uh, we had the light falling on the birds more favorably. But in generally, it was perfect. Uh, Hasegar-san is the the you know the skipper of the boat. He's very good at his job. He knows uh, most of the time what we want and how to maneuver a pretty big boat around uh, with unbelievable precision to get us to the best positions. We don't bait the birds heavily. Um, we just throw a, enough out to get them interested. Um, if you do throw, you know, just throw a whole pallet of fish out onto the ice, then you basically just get a frenzy. And it's, it's not good photographically. They hand throw sort of, you know, a small number of fish into strategic positions on the ice flow. And that helps to get a small number of birds in some shots and keeps others uh, flying around looking for their opportunity to grab some tucker. Although I've, uh, I've had some very nice straight portraits of the Stellar Eagles from this location and, and a number from this, uh, from this trip as well. Um, let's just jump straight into looking at something a little bit more dynamic. Let's look first at image number 2155. Here we can see an eagle perched on an ice, uh, a chunk of ice there, tucking into uh, his fish and uh, another with wings spread out, almost looking as though he's sort of shocked that the other eagle has got some fish. Um, probably even more shocked that it's frozen, but I guess they're used to it. Um, finding and shooting moments with movement like this uh, will take your shots to a slightly higher level than than just standing on the ice. Uh, some of the guys came back with shots of the eagles with fishes in mid-air as the eagles tossed them up into their mouths, which I have to admit um, I didn't even see happen at the time, and I was pretty envious. Uh, this part, it's all part of the fun, um, you know, just sort of seeing what you can see and catching what you can. Um, you have to have the camera up your up at your eye all of the time, pretty much, and just searching for stuff interesting. Um, you know, look will often have be a major factor in deciding whether or not you get the shot. Um, of course, though, no amount of luck can make sure that your exposure is set and that you focus correctly, and that you press the button at the right time. Uh, but looking in the right direction when something starts to happen really helps. It can be tough though physically as well. Um, you know, most of us had long lenses on, and I shot with a 300mm f2.8 with the uh, the 1.4 extender fitted most of the time, uh, as I did here, as I used for this shot. 
Um, I had my ISO set to 200 for faster shutter speeds, which was, um, in this case, one sixteen hundredth of a second at IS, uh, sorry, at f f five point six. It can be tough going to hold a camera up to your eye um, for for that long. You know, at least sort of, you know, you got it right up there, um, at least close to your face. Um, often looking through the fi- the viewfinder. Um, and you're doing that for a good two hours, uh, so you know it can be, it can be a little bit strenuous. Uh, you've got to do it though, uh, waiting for the right moment. If you try to sort of look out just in a normal position with the camera down, and um, as soon as you see something happen, try to raise it and and focus, and that it can often be too late. I also use the 70 to 200 f 2.8 lens um, for a lot of shots too. Sometimes the birds came in so close to the boat that. Uh, you need a wider focal length to just fit them in the frame. But also, I wanted to get some shots with the birds in their environment. And uh, an example of that will be image number 2156, where we can see a bunch of stellar eagles, uh, stellar sea eagles, and white-tailed eagles, uh, mostly sitting in the ice flow, uh, but with the Shiritoko Peninsula in the background. This was shot at 190mm, again at f5.6 for 1 1600th of a second. This means that the, you know, this aperture means that the mountains are slightly soft, but I'm not too worried about that. At this point, I was uh, also concentrating on keeping my camera set uh, to capture action closer by, uh, filling the frame with an eagle. So I'd, I'd basically left the camera where it was at f5.6. Note too that I at this time you know I uh, there are there's just one in this image there's just one stellar sea eagle in flight coming into the scene from the right and I feel that something like this uh, is pretty necessary to give um, enough interest to to sort of lighten up another otherwise pretty boring shot. The birds on the ice alone, uh, in my opinion, wouldn't be that interesting. But this bird in flight. Um, makes the image worth looking at, at least. In the next shot, um, which is number 2157, I decided to adjust the aperture a little bit. I, I think I was feeling a little bit brave here. Um, tried to get a little bit more depth of field in the, in the image. Firstly, because I'd, you know, I'd got the, the mental bandwidth at this point, I think, to um, make the changes... Um, I risked not being able to get a, a narrower depth of field quickly if I needed to, but I uh, I also just sort of you know I changed the aperture because the the main subject was a little bit closer in the last than in the last image, and I, I was really conscious of trying to get um, a little bit of sort of landscape in there as well. Um, here we have uh, in the background we can see the Kuril Islands uh, or Kunashirito as the Japanese know it. Um, and, you know, we can see a large snow-capped volcano on the island over there in the background. And it's actually part of Russia. Um, so these waters are, you know, we're almost sort of in the middle of the strait there. And if, uh, you know, the, the, well, actually the Japanese have been trying to get the, the Russians to give these islands back to them for years. Uh, but there's a lot of politics behind all that, which I don't pretend to understand. All I know is that, um, you know, if you get too close, if you go much further than this, uh, the, the Russian Coast Guard comes along and blows you out of the water. So uh, it's, it's a stri- slightly strange feeling. 
Having stopped down here to F11, uh, I now needed a shutter speed of 1 320th of a second, still at ISO 200. Another thing to note here is that um, you know, many of my best shots from this location had seagulls in them, and very often they were close to the boat and very annoying. More often than not, I had a series of shots where you can see the, the scene building until a point where I was just going to be right on the money and then a gull just flew right across the middle of the frame uh, just at the worst possible time. This shot was no exception. Um, some of them, you know, it actually, the, the gull went right over the, the centre part, you know, not the centre, you know, but the, the part where the main subject was, which really just can't be, you know, nothing can be done about that. But um, this this shot, um, you know, basically had in the bottom part, of, you know, that chunk of that large chunk of ice on which the the or at least the the sea the sea eagle, the Stella's uh, sea eagle was uh, sitting. That large chunk of ice there had a, a a seagull flying right across the front of it, and it just made it look such a mess. Um, the the thing is here, what I did, um, I prefer. The wing positions in this shot so I basically took the uh, the, the second shot uh, you know another, sorry not the second one a another shot I think it was the frame before this um, where you know there was no gull in the shot and I basically just opened up opened them up in Photoshop as layers and um, you can select two images now and and in the edit options in Lightroom you can just open them up as a um, as layers in the same image in Photoshop and I just sort of painted the the ice um, with no gull uh, into the into this shot and just sort of masked it out. It was, um, you know, it's one of those things. Like I said, I, I'm getting a little bit more brave in these areas now. I'd got both shots, um, and I just thought thought that this was was good enough to to warrant a little bit of saving. I was in two minds whether to do something similar in the next shot too, but I didn't. Uh, in image number. 2160, we see a stellar sea eagle feeding uh, with a white-tailed eagle trying to get in on the action. I kind of like the totally indifferent look on, look on the second, second stellar sea eagle's face here as he looks the other way, but um, in one of my other frames um, of this image, of this scene, he's looking right into the scene. He's looking, um, you know, he's looking over to the, to the middle of the frame. And I thought about merging this one as well um, for a much sort of better overall composition, but I just couldn't bring myself to do it. Um, you know, I think it's probably just too big in the frame, and I'm not that brave yet. Maybe someday I'll come back to it, uh, but for now, uh, this is exactly as shot. Um, I was using the 300mm f2.8 with the 1.4 extender again for this, uh, with the aperture set to f5.6 for two thousandth of a second. At this for this shot, a good example uh, of behaviour to make your shots a little bit more interesting can be seen in image number two one six one, where we can see a stellar seagull dancing with his shadow. We can see the eagle with his wings spread and his right foot up in the air, almost like a, a Native American doing some sort of a ritualistic dance. The shadow of the the right wing uh, also reminds me a little of, of Native American art. The shadow itself uh, to, the, to the, le you know, the left wing shadow over, over on the right side of the frame is a little bit clipped. Um, it doesn't worry me too much. Uh, I think there's, there's 
enough of the shadow there and it's well balanced. Um, overall, pretty happy with this shot. Um, it was made at f6.3 for a two thousandth of a second at ISO 200. The fast shutter speed, of course, here helping to freeze the uh, the snow kicked up, and that adds a lot of impact to the shot. It's sort of totally tack sharp where it needs to be, you know, the whole image. And um, to top it off, there's a nice catch light in the eye, which improves wildlife photography no end. We can see another nice catch light uh, in a, li a little bit more closer this time in image number two one six two. This is a juvenile white-tailed eagle flying very close to the boat. I'd been tracking this one and didn't expect it to come so close, but uh, shot the image anyway. The white-tailed eagle is, um, you know, as an adult, it is just a huge bird. Um, it's got a wingspan of 238 centimetres, so it's really quite a treat uh, when these birds come up close. The juveniles at, you know, at this size are not much smaller than a, a fully grown adult. The Stellar Sea Eagles that we looked at uh, earlier um, have a wingspan, a slightly larger wingspan at 240 centimetres. And that's about 8 feet. So I'm sure you can appreciate how amazing it is to get this close to these huge birds. Despite having cut off the wings and the tail um, with this tight crop, I'm happy with the image because I think it uh, it makes a nice animal portrait. As I say, um, with that sort of nice catch light, we have the torso in uh, pretty close and there's lots of detail in the feathers and then we've got those beautiful leather feet tucked in under the body there, um, you know, next to the tail, against the tail, right uh, to the right of the frame. And again, this one was shot at f6.3 for two thousandth of a second and there's a nice separation with the sky, you know, slightly out of focus blue sky with some wispy clouds making a nice background. Another action shot, uh, <laughs> a little bit tongue in cheek there, is uh, image number 2166 as this stellar sea eagle pounces on a frozen fish. Again, tack sharp uh, with light in the eyes and wonderful detail in the entire bird. This is another where I couldn't help but just rescue an image, a good image from an intruding seagull. This um, is probably the best of a short series of shots that I got. Again, this the uh, seagull came in right at the wrong time, just at the wrong time. Uh, stuck his fat head in the bottom left corner um, of the image, and I I basically just had to clone it out. Um, I didn't sort of want to waste this one it's you know the the sharpness the the light in the eyes everything um i'd opened up the aperture just marginally here to 5.6 and adjusted the shutter speed to one two thousand five hundredth of a second still at iso 200 not only can you tell uh, that i was i was um you know it, we were in pretty bright conditions and uh, i hope you can also appreciate how much we're helped by the the light reflecting back off the snow of the ice flows um, to fill in all of the shadows that we we might otherwise get from this very bright sunlight bathing the scene. We spent uh, a good couple of hours on the boat shooting these wonderful birds and there are a bunch of other shots uh, from this shoot on my website. I'll put a link uh, to display all of the images from the trip in the show notes again. So do take a look if you're interested. After the eagle shoot, on request from some of the participants, we took a little bit more time to shoot in the Daosu Harbour. 
And before that was basically before we started a, a relatively long drive to the other side of the Shiritoko Peninsula. In the summertime, it's a leisurely drive across the mountains um, to the other side. Takes about 30 minutes or so. Uh, but in the winter, the road is impassable. So we have to, it takes us about three hours to drive to the base of the peninsula and then up around the other side, uh, taking about, um, like I say, about three hours. Uh, but it, the road, uh, although you drive through towns and things as well, sometimes you go through some beautiful, um, you know, wonderful scenery. And so it's, it's actually a, a nice drive as well. As we started up the western uh, side, you know, the western coast of the peninsula, we saw the ice flow that was right up to the shore here. And it was amazing to see how the um, the sea undulated and sort of swelled under the ice, lifting tons of crushed ice. And then as the waves sort of made their way up to the shore, it was just a very strange feeling. It was as though the the waves were sort of somehow held back and yet they just the power there of the sea was not going to let the ice stop it stop it completely very strange feeling to look at i've got some still shots in my of this in my on my gallery at martinbaileyphotography.com but it's difficult to capture without being able to see the motion at least to capture the feeling Um, i waited um, for some of the waves to crash against the shore uh, you know, we got off the bus later and, and photographed this. Um, I waited for some of the, the waves to sort of crash against the shore and the rocks, and then it obviously it sprays up into the air, uh, giving a little bit of a dynamic feel. Uh, and th- those images are two images, um, one with the waves pretty small and one with them pretty large. Is yeah, They're up on my website. Um, but to really try to capture this, I did try to shoot some video with the 5D Mark II. Um, but I haven't really looked at it yet. Uh, as I feared, you know, right now, it still some, isn't something that I've got, I've totally gotten into my head. Um, I've, I have been shooting clips of, of video with the 5D Mark II, and I'm looking forward to checking out the, all of the clips that I shot on the, um, on the tour, but it, because it doesn't excite me as much as still images, I'm, I've just not prioritized, you know, making time to look at these video clips over a lot of the other stuff that I'm doing right now. We stopped again at the Oshin Koshin Falls, as we did last year, and um, I decided to try something a little bit different this time. Um, usually, you know, I've, I've, I do enjoy taking a, a section of the waterfall and just slow shutter speed to sort of make the water, um, you know, look like it's flowing. But um, this time I decided to do something different, and we can see that in image number 2170. There was a tree, uh, or probably probably should say a bush, a large, a small tree, um, with some brown leaves still on the twigs, which I thought would make a nice focal point. I still took some straight shots of the falls, but thought this would be different. And what I did was I, I basically used a Singray variable ND filter to dial in some darkness. Um, not a lot for this shot. Um, it, I, I went down to f- uh, a quarter of a second at f11 and I had reduced the ISO to 100 and was using the 70 to 200 millimeter f2.8 lens at 200 millimeters for this. Uh, I was conscious, um, you know, with regards to the composition, I was conscious to um, keep that rightmost branch so that it, um, it fell over some white water, making it stand out more. And I was also keeping my eye on those 
three little look like three balls in the top left part of the screen um the of the frame sorry uh, i wanted them i didn't want those too close to the edge so that you know i've sort of positioned it so that they they were there uh also positioned the water itself um so that uh, I, what i was trying to do was to keep the uh the snow at the edges of the falls out of the right and the left sides of the scene so I sort of I moved the camera back and forth and sort of you know moved it around a little bit trying to keep it just uh, just how you see it here it took a little bit of thought um I do have some snow creeping into the bottom of the of the frame here um behind the leaves I don't like it um but I couldn't really avoid it and so you know that this is what I ended up with also notice that the tree takes um, about two-thirds of the image with mostly water taking up the last third uh, so you know using the rule of thirds there I do employ that a lot and all of these things I was basically just keeping in mind while uh, thinking of how to compose the shot as the Sun got close to the horizon at the end of the day we got back on the bus and drove down a little bit further to towards the uh, the, the town of Utoro and there are these two rocks, uh, well, it's probably actually one rock, uh, but they're, they're split almost into two, uh, that we can see in image number 2173. These rocks are not that well known, but I've shot them a number of times over the years. In the summertime, you can shoot the sunset right through the rocks, but in the winter, the angle's much more acute. We were literally running from where we parked the bus to get to this position um, far enough along the, the coast to be able to see the sun through the rocks and we you know basically there's it there's very little obviously you can see how low the sun was here now and there's very little space so we were, we were like cr crowded into a, a i don't know maybe a a six feet across uh, line uh, all sort of pointing our cameras up trying to get the the um the tripods into position without you know getting in each other's way as much as possible shooting through you know over each other's shoulders and that and basically as we got set up the sun was was right there and i noticed a seagull flying in towards the sun uh, over the top of it i got one shot as it came across that was my insurance shot and then a second shot as it started to bank back around and it was over the right side of the sun and then the third, right as it went over the, the fattest part of the sun, and that's, that's this one. Um, and so, you know, I, I, was, I was kind of willing it to do so, and it did. And it was one of those moments where I'm thinking, you know, that, that's really exactly what I wanted, wanted to happen. And it all came together. Um, very small um, in the web version. If you're looking on an iPhone or an iPod, you might as well forget it. But this looks great in a print. So I'm really happy that uh, we made it here. And not only got the sun through the through the rocks, but it was also lucky enough to get the seagull just sort of fly right across the front of the sun. So the sun had gone down on the um, the end of the fourth day, and we headed back to the uh, to the hotel for a night, probably in the best hotel uh, that we stay in, the Shiretoko Daiichi Hotel. And this is it's a beautiful place, uh, and they have an amazing buffet. I got uh, a few shots this year to use in, in marketing material for next year. Um, but it really is a great place. And we would be saying goodbye to Forrest and Jorg, two of the participants that were only with us for the first leg uh, on the following lunchtime. Uh, so we pushed the boat out a little bit more than usual, ordering one or two uh, bottles of sake more than we probably should have done. But it was we had a good time.
The following morning, we visited the Shiretoko Nature Center and we had a walk through the woods out, out towards the coast. And as we turned the corner, two wonderful um, Ezo deer stags were walking right towards us. And I, I managed to capture them as we see in image number 2174. I blew the snow out just a little bit here as, you know, although I just set my exposure moments earlier, uh, they were, the, the, as the deer came around here, they were in the open, just sort of with some light covering of, of bare branches above. So I was a little bit out, uh, but those 14-bit raw files helped uh, here. Uh, so I was, I was able to bring the snow under control and retrain, retrain. Retain plenty of detail um, in the you know in the rest of the shot in Lightroom. The exposure for the stags was perfect though. So you know at 160th of a second f4 uh, ISO 100, I was pretty happy with the results. I shot a few frames as they walked towards us, but I like this one the most with the you know the stags in almost the same position, the same pose with the, the horns on either side of the frame sort of mirroring each other. They walked off into the woods to the right of the frame here, and we walked back and shot them in another opening for a while, um, sort of standing uh, with the snow coming up to just over our knees, um, and kneeling in the snow for, for a lot of the time as well. Um, the results weren't that great though, so I didn't upload any of these shots from you know while we're in, they were in an opening. The... Walk through the woods and over through the uh, reserve into the park was nice. We had a, a really pleasant morning in general. We shot some more deer and there's a lighthouse on, on the hill up there. And, you know, really, like I said, just a pleasant sort of morning. Um, I, I, shot, I uploaded one other deer shot from this, uh, from this section of the trip. Um, and then basically we, we walked back to the bus. And after a brief stop at the souvenir shop, we had to leave by about 11am to get over to the airport to drop the two guys off that would leave us. Uh, on the bus, on the way over though, um, we recorded a comment or two from each of the guys, which I'm going to use to sort of play us out now uh, before we finish with, uh, with a few more comments. So here's the clip. Okay, so here we are on the bus again, like last year, we're on the way over to the Memambeto airport. We're going to lose two members today which is a little bit sad and then three of us well three three participants and myself are going to head on for another four days um but uh, you know it's been a great week so far and i just thought we'd do a quick round table and introduce to who who we are and all of that and maybe talk a little bit about the highlights of the week and uh let's see who wants to go first hi there hi there um my name's uh, ade um i at the moment live and work in tokyo um this, it, although I've been in photography for a few years, for years now, this has actually been my very first um, photo workshop, and I've really had the opportunity to push a lot of the um, equipment that I have, my camera, the one D, and uh, a few of the lenses that I have uh, to the limit. Um, the one D camera that I've had has really stood up to the severe weather conditions that we've had to endure, um, the, the extreme cold. And um, over the few days that we've been here, the shots that I've taken with the lenses that I've, I've had have been absolutely amazing. Um, during the course of the trip, I've also had the opportunity to speak to a lot of the other guys uh, on, on, on the bus of me who were absolutely brilliant. Um, 
they obviously have a lot more experience than I have because they've been in photography a lot longer than I have. But you know, we've all been able to bounce ideas off each other. So, in short, that this trip for me has been absolutely brilliant. I don't think we could have hoped for anything better than that. So, um, Martin's been a a good man. You know, he's uh, looked after us. We've been well fed. Um, <laughs> I think we're all going to have to go on a diet after this. So. <laughs> but um, no, it's been absolutely spot on. I very much doubt if I could complain of anything on this trip, mate. So. Um, the highlight of this trip, I would say, has been the boat trip out to the uh, out to the ice, yeah, to, to see all the eagles. That's been absolutely brilliant. Um, I, I think we've also had a great deal of luck on this trip, um, being at the right place at the right time. And I was telling you a few moments ago when we went off to the, uh, I, I, I was saying a few um, hours ago or minutes ago rather when we were in the national park, that if you had actually come back to pick up your gloves. That there's a possibility that would have missed those two deers coming towards us so i i think we've been extremely fortunate on on, on this uh trip you know in terms of timing and and weather conditions so you're an, you're a manual you're a manual shooter now as well right you've, you've finally got the hang of why you need to go to manual uh yes i mean up until this trip i've always sort of like stuck to av and tv mode and i, I know martin's always been you know pounding into me you know switch over to manual and that was one of the things I really tried to focus on this trip to, um, you know, move into manual. There are a few chances that you'd miss because you'll have the wrong exposures. Um, but once you, you, you get to grips of using manual, you will never go back to using TV or AV again because the, the shots that you, you come out with, right, the quality of the shots, you, you just will not achieve these with, um, with TV or AV mode. All right. Well, thanks very much. You're welcome. Let, who wants to go next? Yeah? Okay, Forrest. Hey, my name is Forrest Brown. I live in uh, Los Angeles. I'm actually um, in Tokyo for a few months um, on vacation. And I heard about uh, Martin's workshop and thought it sounded pretty interesting and decided to check it out. Um, I had not um, done a whole lot of bird photography before this, so this was uh, quite a bit of new stuff for me. Uh, um, it was uh, really a lot of fun and definitely pretty interesting. Uh, learned quite a few new techniques um, and Martin talking about uh, shooting the manual was definitely uh, uh, very helpful. I had never done that before. Um, How about your highlight of the week? Um, I guess my highlight again was um, going out in the boat to the ice floe and the eagles. It was just amazing the number of uh, uh, birds there were. And even though I only had uh, the 70 to 200 lens, you know, the eagles were flying close enough where I got some pretty amazing shots. Um, you had but, the 1.4 extender on, right? Yes, and the 1.4 yeah. extender. Um, but uh, yeah, overall, the whole, whole trip was pretty amazing. We got to, you know, see, go to the cranes and the swans and uh, um, the deer here at the end. Um, some fantastic locations, the hotels, and all the food were amazing. Um, overall, very excellent trip. Martin was um, super friendly, and everyone in the bus was great. Um, we all had a good time hanging out, showing each other photos, and um, you know, seeing what everyone else was working on. So it's a good time. Great. Thanks very much, Forrest. Yo. Uh, there you go. Bye now. 
Hi, I'm York. This, uh, I'm live, working and living in San Francisco Bay Area, California. Um, I was lucky enough to be able to combine at this workshop to a business trip to Japan, and it's been. I'm very, very happy that I did this on relatively short notice. Uh, Martin accommodated me in the last, I think, two weeks before the workshop actually started. Um, Martin's organization of this trip has really been outstanding. Everything worked as planned uh, from the hotels, from the bus, uh, from getting us onto the airplane and hopefully back to Tokyo. <laughs> and um, so th this, this was all, all great. I think the, the hotels were good, the food was excellent. Um, as for highlight of the of the week, it's clear for me as a as a bird bird photographer is the is the boat trip to see the eagles on the ice floes. I mean, this was just absolutely outstanding. It's something which you probably cannot experience anywhere else. Is my is my guess. And so this was absolutely fantastic. This was also my first workshop. Uh, I started bird photogra photography and bird photography specifically about three years ago. And it was very interesting for me to see the dynamics in a group and uh, learn some of the some of the uh, tricks uh, Martin and, and some of the more experienced photographers uh, uh, have have developed and are using in their photography, specifically in areas which I'm not so familiar with, like landscape photo photography. I learned a couple of things, and of course, it's always fun to talk about gear and uh, 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 post-processing and different philosophies and so overall it was an absolutely exciting trip. Thanks. Thank you. Thanks very much. Hi, I'm Aaron Smith. Um, I'm a second, I'm a returner on Martin's workshop this year. A repeat, repeat customer, repeat offender. I, uh, <laughs> I, I really enjoyed this workshop last year, obviously since I'm here again, but uh, it was my first workshop and, and I had no uh, standard by which to judge uh, how great it was, although I enjoyed it. I've since been on other workshops and I can say that, that Martin's, uh, both his, his manner and method of organizing the trips and everything has just been first rate and uh, I now have some more, <laughs> some more context on that. Um, <clears throat> the, I, I, I know all of, everyone's mentioning the, the trip to the, on the boat out to the ice floe is our highlight, but I'm going to have to mention it as well because uh, last year, due to weather, we weren't able to do it, and it's been a real treat that we went out this time. Um, and it, I was, it's been great also to come back and go to the same places and yet uh, tr like look for different shots and see different, different uh, obviously wildlife is so unpredictable, so it, it's been very rewarding. Um, Always learn a lot around photographers. Uh, you know, being with six six in hardcore photography people, you you come out of it learning so much. And I highly recommend workshops. If you haven't been on one, you'll you'll come away with new techniques and and a big shopping list. <laughs> that was the same as last year, right? We all went home, and I bought an iPod Touch because of you. I bought some. I bought a new ball head because of Graham and and the uh, what what's the guy called? The, Don the, Zick. Don Zek. Yeah, I bought some of those. I bought one from a 300 millimeter and the 600 millimeter. Um, and you just you walk away with a big shopping list. Uh, the, the cost isn't just coming, it's, it's it continues when you go home. So, Graham, do you want to say yeah, a word? Yeah, yeah. there? Yeah. Graham Morgan's my name. I'm from Australia, and this is my second time on the, on the workshop. Had a wonderful time last year, but if anything, this year's was even better. Sure, we went to the, the same places, but it was it was really different. There's two things up here that uh, you, you just can't do anywhere else. One of the, the cranes 
and um, they're the same birds again this year but they were they were different the images are all different you wouldn't think it was the same place they were just doing different stuff and of course the the stellar sea eagles and that really is just spectacular yeah. nowhere else can you see that no. no you just can't get that close and they they just perform for you it mm. was just superb of course that was one of the highlights but I think last night's buffet would go close as well <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> that was a ripper the, the Shiritoko Prince Hotel is pretty amazing. Yeah. That, it's, it's an amazing buffet. buffet. Is it, not, not, sorry, Shiritoko Daiichi. Shiritoko Daiichi Hotel. So look, great images, great company. Spending the week with um, like-minded individuals is just, just, just a buzz. I've had a wonderful, wonderful time. Yeah. And I'll probably come back next year. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, no, that's that's great. Thanks very much, everybody. Um, so, like like I say, we are going to be going on. We've got um, three of us, well, three participants plus myself are going to be going on for four more days. And so we've got we're going to work on some landscape uh, photography more from now. Um, we did have, you know, going through the week, there was a few things that went really well and a few that didn't. And for the first the first day was was relatively good. Uh, you know, we got we got a lot of crane shooting in. Um, but then the second day. Uh, you know there was no mist on the on the river and that was a big disappointment to begin with you know I mean last year we were lucky to get it it doesn't happen that often and then when we got over we went over to the uh, Cushero Lake and there was no it wasn't frozen um, and I don't know historically how many years this is but I, I met a guy there that I'd, that I'd been um, I met on a workshop one of my first workshops here um, and he said that he's been traveling to the lake for 20 years and it's, he's never known it to be frozen uh, to be not frozen in February so that kind of put a different slant onto the the swan shoot there, but you know, being the the sort of creative people that everyone everyone is, you know, everybody found stuff to to make make something out of the situation, and so you know, we still we still ended up having a very good afternoon there. It was windy though. I think with the wind chill, it was probably at least minus ten, um, maybe a little bit more. So people were generally pretty cold by the end of the afternoon, but. Um, you know that that we turned it into something, and then the following morning we went to the Bihoro Pass, and that was like there was hoarfrost everywhere, and it was just that was an amazing morning. Um, we we got off, we we went early, way before dawn, uh, so that we could get up onto the mountain. There's a bit of a hike up the mountain, not not far, but you know a little bit of a hike up the mountain. And when we got to the top, um, there was you know after a few moments there was just a, an amazing um, sun. Well, not the sunrise, the light in the sky before sunrise and we all started to get a few shots of that and then the clouds rolled in you know the warmth from the sun as it started to hit the horizon the the clouds just rolled in and, and it was pretty much gone but then that became a big light box and so and because of the moisture in the air that, that was freezing everywhere the hoarfrost was like on the, on the trees we got some great the shots of the yeah on the <laughs> lens tripod. hoods uh, yeah tripod legs were all full covered in frost uh, so yeah, I mean that was that was a, another thing. You know, that it was a great morning, and so even before like eight o'clock in the morning, there we'd we'd had a, an amazing time. Um, so you know th those things went well. Um, some things didn't, but as Aaron just said, we got we were able to go out on the um, on the boat to, to shoot the, the the ice flow is very temperamental. The the, the little the horn shaped um, Shiritoko Peninsula is actually um, not uh, you know the the. The ice actually comes in from the Ohotsuku Sea uh, on the uh, on the the top part, you know, the northern side of the of the peninsula. But then on the 
it has to come around there and work its way down the coast for the sea for the uh, seabirds that the you know the sea eagles stellar sea eagles and the white-tailed eagles to, to go out there because they all roost on the other side of the peninsula where it's a little bit warmer protected from the winds this year the, the ice flow came quite a way around and we we were lucky enough that the skipper of the boat just really tanked it along the coast uh, out well not very close to the Kuril Islands um, I think we were I think we were almost torpedoed out of the out of the sea by the Russian authorities but um yeah we we had a great a great time there we had a good two hours out uh, with the eagles and it was just amazing and so we, we've uh, today we you know basically we've been up had a, a walk in the uh, Shiratoko Shizen center or whatever it is so that's like the nature center it's a, a nature reserve up there lots of deer and so we've we've got a bit had a bit of look there again this morning and uh, and so now we're heading over again like I say to the Memambetsu airport and we're going to drop off um, Yorg and Forest and then head on um, so I'll, we'll probably do this again maybe do this again in four days time when we finish the, the second leg of the tour and we'll, uh, we'll we'll be back then so I want to say quickly again thanks to everybody for coming I know that we're, we're not all leaving right now uh, it's been it's been a, a pleasure you know traveling around with you and uh, thanks for trusting me and uh, we'll hopefully see you again sometime so that ended the first leg of the tour. I, uh, having just played that back for the first time, I hadn't listened to that since I got back. I didn't realize I'd said that much. Uh, so, uh, you know, I, I think I've repeated a number of things uh, today. Uh, but like I say, we were to, we were to go on um, to, to move on to the landscape photography part of the tour in the central part of the island after this. There was a storm brewing though, and we, had, you know, as we made our way over to the hotel between Utoro and the Taisetsuzan mountain range, uh, where we were going to spend the night, we were caught in a pretty nasty snowstorm. We made it to the hotel um, in the, the late afternoon and settled in for the evening. The following day, we would drive to Mount Asahi, where we were hoping to go to the top of the mountain in a cable car and shoot the highest peak in Hokkaido. In February, <laughs> um, so it felt a little bit strange, um, but you know we, we were going to give it a, a bash, weather permitting. Um, tune in again next week to see how we get on as we start the second leg of the tour. For now, though, you just have a great week, whatever you're doing. Bye bye. The Martin Bailey Photography Podcast is a proud member of the Photocast Network. Find this and other great photography podcasts at photocastnetwork.com.